Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Sixth and Peabody, Nashville, Tennessee. Across the Outkick Network. Big show today. Recapping the wildcard weekend, which is officially in the books. We'll take a peek ahead to this upcoming weekend of the divisional round. And plenty of other headlines to hit. Chad, good afternoon. Hot and honest question. Should I go to a tanning bed? I am so white right now, you, and I'm wearing this white shirt, and that camera came say. on. We didn't get a sneak peek at ourselves. It's your shirt. I am fluorescent right now. I could levitate to heaven. I am so white in this white shirt that I look like an angel, and my face is so pale. Go and I'm get, thinking, I look at Hutton, and I'm like, Hutton's always a little bit more, like in summertime, a little bit more tan than me. But your ability to stay tan, which I'm not saying is artificial, I don't know. I, I tan. Maybe, maybe it is. Um, should I get some sort I of subscription to a tanning bed? I've never done it. I heard um, it gives you cancer, but I know plenty of people that do it constantly, and they don't have cancer right now that we know of. But I, should I tan? I think you should just change your shirt. All right, let's you do did, it. You didn't, let's, have, uh, you didn't have this take yesterday. Colin, so. give me your shirt. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, what color would you like? There's plenty of them out here. Reminds me of one of my favorite stories of all time. My buddy, Daryl Keckler, who played quarterback <laughs> in Mount Juliet High School. He was the backup quarterback, and our high school team was playing Big John Henderson, who went on to star for the Jacksonville Jaguars. As well done. so eloquently put out, that's how you pronounce it. And when he was in high school, he was this big monster of a man. And he destroyed the starting quarterback on an option keeper. And I'm talking broke his shoulder pads. He hit him so hard. And he went down, and the head coach is searching for the backup. And he's yelling, Keckler, Keckler, Keckler. And my buddy Daryl Keckler was so afraid, he was hiding behind the bench, <laughs> that he was going to have to enter the game and go against Big John Henderson. And the coach said, Take your shoulder pads off and give them to Hackney. <laughs> so he just gave him his shoulder pads, the starting quarterback. He went back out there, didn't have to play. Thank God for Daryl Keckler. I almost pulled the same move with Colin, who would be forced to produce this show, engineer this show from an audio standpoint, shirtless the remainder of the day. Maybe we'll do That's that. That's one of his dreams. So I'm going to start tanning. That's what I'm going to do. In the break, I'm going to change this shirt, and then we're going to be ready for a good show today. You can be a dream maker for Colin. He can you know, take clothes off and That's produce right. this show. Colin, do you like this Travis Matthew uh, <laughs> old smoky shirt that I'm wearing today? Yeah. I think it'll look a lot better on him. He's got a much better base than I have right now. Time I need sunshine. Time. I need vitamin D, Hutton. That's what I need. I once had, a, I once had low D. Yep. Uh, you remember this trip to Indy? Where I was so like... That is not a euphemism either. I know what all of you out there are it thinking. Felt like I it. promise it's not a euphemism. Yeah, it felt like it. Uh, we yeah. went to Indianapolis and Hutton refused to leave the hotel room. I was out of it. Could man. not go to dinner. Could not do anything, which is very unhutton like to not want to leave the room and not get out and do anything. And we come to find out that he, in fact, has low D. I had such low vitamin D in my body. I, you know, nearly just shriveled and, I mean, and became a plant. The state you're in right now is the way I feel. Like I've just gone on, <laughs> on a long winter's voyage across the Atlantic and it's 1872. 
And yeah. I've got scurvy. I've got yes. all these vitamin deficiencies from that long <laughs> journey across the ocean. That's the way my complexion looks at this moment. We need to remedy this. I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try a tanning bed. We need to get a tanning bed, uh, some sort of sponsorship with the show, and that way I can I can get some you know, subscription to a tanning bed. Uh, Haley just walked in the room. Haley, do you think I should go to a tanning bed regularly because I'm so white right now? Yes or no? She says no. It is your shirt, though. She would agree with that. I don't think it's just my shirt. Okay. We'll take a photo and put this out. And I, I, shirt uh, or pale. That's the that's I look the at myself in the mirror shirtless at times, right? <laughs> like everyone. And I'm here to tell you, it's not just the shirt. It's me. It's, it's, I'm white. I am completely pale. It's, I've lost all color. I got to do something about it. I, tried to, I went outside and ran yesterday. There was just a sliver of sunshine in the January sky, and I decided to run. I don't think that helped. I have got to get with it and do something. Any suggestions from our listeners, viewers, please? Other Let than me know. Is there a safer method that I could do uh, other than like having you know the bronzer from Ross on Friends that I can do to look more tan than I do right now without going to a tanning bed regularly? I'm sure there's some lotion. Hit us but, up. But then, it's just your, then it's just your face and not your entire body, which would be even more awkward. I just I, for you in a mirror. I'm saying. Is there a body scrub or something? No, that would come out in the shower, right? No idea. <laughs> Gosh. Wouldn't know. I need so much help. We're going to send Matt to go get some fake tanner for, for Chad. Matt's going to go find me a shirt. He's going to get some fake tanner. Actually, he's going to find Colin a shirt because I'm not going to give him right, mine, but yeah. he is going to give me his, and then we'll be ready to go. Um, Tom Brady would know how to do that. Tom Brady is definitely a guy who never looks pale. He he's knows, either going he to the tanning bed or he's doing something natural that makes him never look pale. It helps he lives in Tampa, too. Yeah, it does. Uh, the question is for, for how much longer. Uh, and if he's done in Tampa, is he going somewhere else or is he done as a career? Season 23 ended for him last night. Dak Prescott picked a great time to have a career best night. He was fantastic. And we ended the show yesterday by saying, if the game was going to be close, it was going to be ugly. And if it wasn't close, that means the Dallas Cowboys win in a route. And at 31-14, the game wasn't even that close on the scoreboard, honestly. And, Chad, this is indicative of a bad offensive line, an aging quarterback, yes, but zero run game. And when they get behind, they normally don't catch up against good teams. And Dallas is one of those, especially defensively. The TB12 magic wasn't happening last night. It didn't come close to happening. Meanwhile, the magic was on the opposite sideline because Prescott and company looked great to open the playoffs. Well, let's, let's say what it was. I mean, Tom Brady was terrible. He was awful in this game. It's not just the offensive line. There's a lot of factors that lead to him being bad. But he was terrible. There were moments this year where he wasn't that bad. But that interception... Oh, the interception was awful. Uh, it, he, did he just fail to throw it out of the end zone? I, it looked like he was trying to throw it out of the back of the end zone knowing no one was open. That's his first red zone interception. And threw it like 10 yards too short. First red zone interception the, in Tampa. But you see what I'm saying? Like It looked like a throwaway yeah. that he just threw four yards short of the, the end line. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, I've never seen anything like that, especially from a quarterback of, of his skill level. I mean, the big question now is what should he do? What will he do? What, do, what are the ramifications for Brady, if he comes back to Tampa, does he want to work with Todd Bowles? Does he not? What does a loss like this mean for Todd Bowles? Uh, and on the flip side, Dak Prescott was fantastic. 
Not not what I was expecting. We knew he was capable of it, but if we had to bet on what was going to happen, because we've seen it time and time again, it was Brady's going to have a special performance. Dak Prescott will make a couple mistakes to keep Tampa in it, and he was mistake-free. So he sets the Dallas single-game postseason record, five total touchdowns, four passing, one rushing. And the combination of Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup came together last night. Now, the first two drives where both teams failed to even pick up a first down, that soon ended because the following four possessions after the first two by Prescott and company ends with the 80-yard drive, another 80-yard touchdown drive, 91 yards and 86 yards. And at one point, he completed 11 consecutive passes to Dallas wideouts and running backs. This is the team that can go on the road and win in San Francisco. They've got to have the same consistency. The key last night, too, for a team that was the most penalized group last year, Mike McCarthy's team was, for the most part, disciplined last night. And it showed. And they took care of a an opponent that was not nearly up to their level or quality. And next week, this weekend, we get a chance to see them on an even playing ground against a, a team that's very capable of getting after Prescott and defending his pass. So uh, will they rely more on the run? Maybe. I think they have to to reach, to reach Glendale. But they won their first game on the road in the playoffs in three decades last night. And it came because of their franchise quarterback playing like a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I also thought that defensively they were just really good at confusing Brady post-snap. And that's, that's to me, what's to watch now. As we go later in the week and we start to preview these divisional matchups, if they were able to do that to Tom Brady, granted, much weaker supporting cast, especially given the offensive line, than San Fran, what will they be able to do to Brock Purdy in terms of confusion post-snap? That's what I'm watching in this game if the Cowboys are able to pull off the the upset uh, in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Just a, a really, really good performance from the Cowboys. Brady's going to be the big talking point. Is he done? Is he not? I don't think he is. I also don't think he's going to be a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer moving forward. But the biggest takeaway really is Dak Prescott delivered finally in a big moment in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy safe. I feel safe in saying those two things. Yep. And I'm, I'm eager to see what happens now with Brady contractually because he has a contract that voids March 15th, the first day of the new league year for NFL purposes. The problem with that is when it voids, the Bucks will have the second largest cap hit in the history of quarterbacks whenever that takes place. It'll be around $45 million. And the cap hit on... Uh, Matt Ryan this past year in Atlanta is number one in the in the history of teams that would just eat the space and just move on. What's most likely to happen if Brady wants to play again is he restructures the contract and they're able to trade that to another team of his choosing, right? And then he helps out the, the cap. They have constantly restructured his deal. They can do it again and kick the can down the road and spread it out over several years. But... If they just release him or let it void, they're they're already second going to the offseason, the second worst cap space of any team in the league, second to New Orleans. So they've got to do something with the money if he's not returning to Tampa. I think just from the ability to win it all standpoint, Tampa's very compelling for a number of reasons. If you really believe that 
it's just injury decimation across the offensive line. And then throughout the year, losing pass rusher, losing wide receiver, different key spots to injury. And those guys get healthy. You get a little bit younger maybe at left tackle or one of the tackle spots. And a running back. In the draft. Got to help the running game, which was dead last in the NFL. But if you do those things and get this roster back who's under contract healthy, you're still in a very weak division. Yeah. And you like the organization by all accounts. I think Brady does. Had nothing but good he things to say Glazers. about him. He likes the, the locker room. Mm-hmm. He likes the guys that he's playing with right now. So if you buy into that, then... It sounds like a no-brainer that if Brady wants to keep playing, he just comes back to Tampa, restructures, and you go for it again. You just won the NFC South, and your team was not good with all the injuries. Still won. Should be better a year from now. Now, I also look at it and say, are we really buying that? That's the question I ask. Are, are, are we really just looking at a team that if they get healthy, they're a Super Bowl contender again? Or did something really change this year? If that's the case... I think you're looking at two different teams that appear to be roster secure and ready to move forward with a quarterback who can do something. Raiders, Jets. Those would be the two options in my mind that that makes the most sense from where they are at a quarterback standpoint and where they are roster around Brady if he decided he wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, I think if he leaves, he's, he's going to a team with an offensive line and a run game because one thing that the, he can still play – the, the one area where the Bucks roster really failed him and the area where he's not the same guy is on the pass attempts. He broke his own record, again, for most pass attempts in a single season. Not completions, pass attempts. He, did, he broke the record for completions as well. He had 490 of those in the regular season. He had 733 pass attempts, most in the league. Brady led that category. More than Justin Herbert. More than Patrick Mahomes. More than Kirk Cousins. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, who had a great season, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and, and you, the list goes on. I mean, if you're thinking of other, uh, Jalen Hurts is 16th in pass attempts. He's an MVP finalist, right? Very balanced. Yeah. Brady's got to have an offense more like that, that he can turn around and rely on a running back to get positive yardage and an offensive line that's going to move the, move the line of scrimmage. He didn't have that. And for an offense that's trying to get the ball out faster than any offense, less than two seconds, or he's, you know, or you win, this is uh, a mandate to the Bucks if they're going to keep him. O-line and run game have to be a priority moving forward. Byron Leftwich isn't going to be brought back. Sounds like Todd Bowles will. And the big missing piece that's just glaring was Bruce Arians. Although Bruce Arians was in the building all season. Bruce Arians on, in the pregame coverage on ESPN – I'm watching the player stretch and go through pregame stuff, and he comes up and gives a big bear hug to Tom Brady and talks to him for a minute before the game. I mean, not just in the building. He's around that team constantly, which was, which was very odd. And for those that think that Brady's definitely done and can't win another Super Bowl, um, I point to the guy that was calling his game last night on the Manning cast. Peyton Manning was a shell of himself in his final season. He won a Super Bowl. Why? Great defense. Great running game, and he was smart and veteran enough to get the ball out quick and get the ball out short and still had that ability after neck fusion and all the injuries he suffered. Brady's in better physical shape than Manning was in his last season. Manning won a Super Bowl that year. So I think Brady could do the same if, and the big if, is he gets in the right spot with the right roster and set up around him. And Chad, now we get the matchup we wanted. You know, I wanted to see Brady win. 
But the, the better matchup for next week in San Fran is Dallas. And Dallas, with hitting on all cylinders now, like they did, except for the special teams, Maher missing four extra points can't happen on the road in San Fran like it did in Tampa. But the, the, the way that they played and came out ready, uh, just, you know, the first two possessions aside, the way they responded, they didn't let that get into the momentum and rhythm of what they had planned. They can go on the road and win in San Fran. But they're facing a team that's won 11 straight. They're facing a team that can run it. Multiple weapons that the rookie and Purdy can distribute to. We've yet to see Purdy really rattled by any defense. Dallas can do that. And then defensively, the defense that's better than Dallas are the 49ers, led by the defensive player of the year in Bosa against the guy that was the heavy favorite for halfway through the season, Michael Parsons. I, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, McCarthy can win over everyone by going on the road and beating Shanahan. He's back either way. Yeah, Ken in our, our YouTube chat says, Tom Brady's the all-time king of checking down throws. Made entire career out of it because of great scheme. Outside of his two years with Randy Moss, he's never thrown the ball down the field. He did some throwing the ball down the field to Mike Evans in his time with Tampa Bay, too. They had illustrations last night of how that started clicking in the final two games yeah. where he was misfiring on those deep balls early in his career. Seven rings. He was doing it later in his career. Seven rings. Yep. Yeah, the, the check downs work. And when you don't have time to even do that, he can go somewhere else and win again. Again. I thought in 2019. I, was, I, I love Peyton Manning more than anything. Peyton Manning in that final Super Bowl year, it was his teammates that carried him to that Super well, Bowl championship, and he did what he needed to do. Didn't make the big mistakes, checked down, threw short, threw quick, and that's what it took. Chad, I, in Foxborough for his final game as a Patriot, that night leaving Gillette Stadium, it felt like his career was done. Like we had seen the, the best version of Tom Brady a couple of years prior to that. Following year, you know, he helicopters in all of his teammates during COVID when he couldn't practice to a private park, you know, Defying the laws of the National Football League. And then he goes and wins a Super Bowl. First year in Tampa. Three years in Tampa. Three consecutive playoff appearances. And now we see his first losing season. And I don't point to Brady as the common denominator in that. I would sign him in a heartbeat if I'm one of these other contenders. Especially Vegas. Dolphins, I don't know why they're already pointing to Tua as the answer for next year. Especially when they've already lost a draft pick. Because they were recruiting Brady and Sean Payton last season. I don't know why if you've already dealt the first round to the league and been removed from this year's draft while you're not back in on that play. And Well, Tampa's going to be a strong contender for him, too. Well, but, but Tampa's got to go through the salary cap issues. There are teams in far better shape that can be set up to win with him next season. I can't wait to get the legitimate news cycle going on what he's looking at, who's looking at him. So we can we, we know the teams, the the usual suspects of teams this offseason that could use Tom Brady. But once we start getting legitimate news on, it's gonna be fun to to talk about that. Jordan Schultz is about to join us from the score. We look forward to chatting Brady, NFL headlines, what Prescott proved last night and what he can prove with another road win as the franchise QB in Dallas. We talk NFL headlines with Jordan Schultz next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Hutton and Withrow with you. Jordan Schultz will join us momentarily. We'll hit the uh, NFL headlines. Cowboys won their first road playoff game in three decades and now they advance to the divisional round. It's a chance they could host a game if the Giants knock off the Eagles. But we have three teams that are still alive in the NFC East. It's a great division this year. Nearly had all four in going into Week 18. Um, so we'll talk that with Schultz. Plus, Derek Carr, where he could end up. You mentioned the Jets for Brady. Maybe that's Derek Carr's landing spot. And DeAndre Hopkins, who has a no-trade clause, apparently is out in Arizona. We'll discuss possible options for the star wideout for the Cardinals. The Ravens, Chad, a very interesting situation in Baltimore where on locker cleanout day, you have the veterans on this team stumping for Lamar Jackson to get paid and return to the team. And this isn't to me just speaking on behalf of the quarterback who abandoned the roster and refused to go to Cincinnati, and you're saying that because you're asked a question. There's no reason to hide your opinion based on that unless you're serious about wanting him back in the locker room. And by and large, the voices that really matter on the roster want him. It's clear. Everyone from Calais Campbell to J.K. Dobbins to the, the wide receivers who are there and the tight ends, it's a tight end heavy team. Uh, from there all the way to defense. Well, they're better with him. I mean, there's no way around it. You know, their record's better. They're a better offense with him as opposed to the other options. But and that's great that his teammates want him there. It shows that they like him and like competing with him. But I'd have serious questions about availability at this point. I mean, you miss 10 games in December and January straight. It's not good for, for anyone. That, that, to me, is the biggest question now for the Ravens, separate of – how quickly did he rush his rehab to get back? And could he have played at 60% or not? And all those things. Did he do it just for, to hold out for money? Separate of that and separate of anyone's opinion of that, I'd have to look at the factual information that this guy was not available to play in the most important time of the year, the last two seasons. That's not a good trend if I'm looking at quarterback availability. Some of the same things we're saying about Tua to another extreme with the, the concussions is, yeah, they were good. Dolphins looked great when he was in the lineup. 
But if you've had this many concussions and you can't play, how can we plan on moving forward with you as quarterback? It's why, Hutton, you were throwing out there, why aren't the Dolphins considering Tom Brady more? And maybe they are. Or someone else. So especially because they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is in the in that territory yet, but if I'm the Ravens, you gotta factor that in. If you're gonna offer someone the amount of money Lamar Jackson's gonna make to play quarterback, I need that guy more available, especially late in the year when you are in that organization a consistent playoff team. You need your quarterback playing in the playoffs and at the end of the season. Well, but even in order to be available, he's got to be on the roster and under contract. And I think that's where the players are starting. You know, the teammates are starting there. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, 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 the sprain PCL where he missed the final six games this year, um, you know, he, he, he cut off the contract talks. He's representing himself. Cut off the contract talks going into, was it week four of the preseason? He had a deadline that he had set with Baltimore. And he turned down an extension offer preseason, then came and played the season and was playing okay. And then Baltimore failed to score more than an average of 17 points a game without him. And, you know, the, I am, I'm a bit surprised, though. It's not that they said it. It's just how they've gone about saying that they want him back. Like Ronnie Stanley, he's a competitor. He wants to win. This is his team. This is his offense. The money is not the most important thing with Lamar. He really wants to win, contrary to popular belief. I mean, he didn't hold out. So you can point to that as being a factor in what Ronnie Stanley's saying. But Marlon Humphrey had good things to say. Top offensive lineman saying this is his team tells me that that is the overriding sentiment within the locker room, even when he's not there in the locker room in Cincinnati by whoever's choosing. I think who, who helped him more than anyone was Marlon Humphrey when he came out and said, the guy's limping around the facility. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. But that's what we see all the time. It's not like he's close to being ready to go. Chuck Sammy Clark. Watkins didn't help him much, but I thought Humphrey did when he said that. Chuck Clark says, he's not healthy. You've seen him barely walking here. You can't force somebody to play. But the durability is an issue. That's, that would affect the reasons to not give him the guaranteed contract. But it shouldn't affect the reasons as to why you bring him back or not, or why you start to renegotiate the, where you left off in the preseason. Unless you're trying to deal him, which I don't think is going to be the case either. They're stuck with trying to either franchise tag him or get the extension done. Yeah, and what's the belief in the players that are saying this, that that's so openly stumping for him to come back from management? I think the belief level is high in the guys that are saying this. So if that's the case, that's going to be a factor in, in them bringing him back or not. They, they trust him in that. And I think that that is a, a motivating factor, at least for me, as to the motives behind why he was or was not in Cincy. You know, he's really the only one that's really talked on it. Tweeting out his injury and, and his teammates discussing that they've seen him limping around. Harbaugh's barely discussed it. You know, he just kind of shoves it to the side when you bring it up now. So there's, there's definitely some, some ill sentiment behind the scenes between those two. And it's probably on how Lamar has handled it. But at some point, if you're going into the postseason for the second consecutive year and you're not available, and the team's not telling the media why, it's your own prerogative as a player to let them know if you want to. Let the fans know. Hutton, what would you think about John Harbaugh with Melissa Stark? I didn't think anything she asked was that bad because he had said, she prefaced by saying, you talked about Anthony Brown possibly being a factor in this game this week and then brought that up during the game. I can understand... Maybe not the perfect halftime question to ask from the sideline reporter, but I, I thought his response was 
a little over the top. Well, it wasn't much at all, and I, I think that's why it's over the top, right? Yeah. But the look, I, I'm not a fan of wasting my time. The halftime interviews are a complete waste of time across sports. You get nothing out of this. Coaches don't want to do it. It's a 30-second. I'd rather see highlights of the first half. Show me the, the latest betting line at DraftKings. I don't need to know, Coach, what did you tell the team at halftime? Because they're not going to really tell us what they told the team at halftime. Right? You know where they get more information, honestly, as a sideline reporter? I'm, I'm not trying to eliminate the sideline reporter altogether. Um, they get more information when they just talk to them off camera. I always get more out of the sideline report well, coming back from halftime when it's not the on-camera interview and they get the coach coming out of the locker room for a minute, let's say, and they tend to always have a better nugget about what went right or what went wrong or what the focus is coming out of the locker room than they would. It's almost like they don't completely let their guard down during the game. Right. It's like they're saying, all right, Melissa, what we're going to do is we're going to run three passes and this one run play to start it. But they do open up a little bit more and say more when they're not on camera. I like that as much as the on-camera interview. 100 days to the NFL draft, Chad. 100 days exactly, which means we're 100 days further uh, in the future of um, Will Levis' discussion and whether or not he's the top quarterback. If Will Levis goes in the top 10, then every futures bet you can bet on that team not making the playoffs for a while. You, <laughs> you bet on, on that to happen. Yeah. Um, this is... I almost feel bad that I'm, I sound so anti-Will Levis when in reality I'm anti-Will Levis hype. Yeah. Will Levis is perfectly fine uh, as a good piece of physical property that you can mold into a starting quarterback in the NFL eventually, right? He's got the arm strength. He's, he's a, got this. He's a first-round talent. Right? He's a good yeah. piece of clay that you can take into an organization, the right system, and he could eventually be your guy. Will Levis is not your franchise quarterback day one. And when you're drafting top 10, you are drafting a guy you feel like is your franchise from day one for the next 10 years. That's the goal when you draft them. It's just not Will Levis. And I don't understand the hype around him being that guy. I'm with you. He's a first-round talent. Um, he's not number one overall. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, we'll have that debate. We've got 100 days to get there. But remember that the draft coverage within the NFL media is extremely cyclical. What is popular right now will eventually be popular again in late April. And then there will be two or three bumps in the road on that popular topic and sentiment in order to get clicks and drive traffics and ratings. That's it. We are... Where the first-round grades are set, there's probably, what, 18 to 20 players that truly are first-round talent with 100 days to go. Here comes the combine. Here comes the, the pro days, all of the media availability, and they'll have one big press conference for each team at the, the combine and then leading up to the draft, and you'll try to get some information. Some of it's really good. But, Chad, I'm, I'm here to tell you, like, where Levis is right now, we will hit around the 1st of March – and we will begin to have the discussion about, oh, is Will Levis actually the fourth best quarterback in the draft? Is he even third? And then it will rise back to what, did they, what, what team is going to trade in the top 10 to get him? That's where we'll be in April. It's one of my favorite events to discuss because it's the marriage of two of my favorite things, NFL football and college football. And I love talking about it every year. So we're going to talk plenty about it. And Sean Payton may end up having one of the top picks because he interviewed yesterday with the Houston Texans. 
and they, he said they're very much in play. I'm intrigued by it because Nick Casario is there and has been running things for the last couple of years. An organization that is 11-38-1 over the last three years. They've gone through a head coach, a different head coach every season. And Peyton, I would expect, is commanding a lot more say than any head coach that Houston has been talking to whatsoever. So the Casario dynamic is interesting. And John McClain, who normally joins us on Tuesday, will join us later in the week. Casario has been very cryptic in his pressers since towards the end of the year where he said, hey, depending on what coach or the coach, when we make the hire, you know, I've got certain say we need if we need to restructure that. He's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he's alluding to the fact that he's willing to have that discussion. And if he is, to me, it's for Sean Payton and Sean Payton only. Still got to give up the pick. They've got the pick to do it. And they have the high draft capital to recruit him to get the quarterback that he wants. So I keep coming back to this possibility. Sean Payton, his tutelage of Drew Brees, and that leading to a Super Bowl. And then what is the comp between Bryce Young and Drew Brees? And could this be the next perfect marriage of head coach, quarterback, that leads to a ton of success? Now, to do that, you're going to probably have to jump to number one. That win by Lovey Smith really screwed yep. the Texans. Yep. In the end of the year, to not get the number going one overall pick because it's gonna it's gonna cost them something to get up one spot to jump ahead of the Panthers or whoever else is trying to trade up to get Bryce Young number one overall. But if it is indeed Sean Payton, the Texans make the trade to get Sean Payton, pay him, and then it's Texans trading up to number one to get Bryce Young. That sounds pretty awesome, just on its face. If you are a Texans fan, Sean Payton and Bryce Young for the next 15 years or 10 years or however long I mean, it 15 is. 15 is exactly how long he was in, in New Orleans. So That sounds pretty good if you can pull up. Now, a lot of things have to happen. Sean Payton has to decide that's where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. The Texans have to be willing to give up what they need to give up to the Saints to get him. And then you've got to move up probably to number one to get Bryce Young. But it's all very doable for that franchise right now. It, it's very, you know, it feels like a sign and trade. Right, where the player and agent, they get an opportunity to go out and find a team. And then once they find that team, that marriage, then the two teams talk for the trade negotiation. So Peyton's trying to decide where he's going to go or what team he's willing to uh, you know, have the Saints trade his rights to. He's had two years left on his contract. It expires after 24. Um, and then from there, it's, it's trying to determine, okay, is it Houston, Carolina, or uh, the was it the Chargers that were in play, but not anymore? And Chargers are broke. Apparently, they, they're not going to part yeah. ways. They, they got rid of their offensive coordinator instead, and they're going to keep Staley. Oh, and then they, the Broncos. So he's he's chatting with the Broncos today in Los Angeles. He has the interview with the Panthers Friday. I think it's scheduled for in New York. And it, there are many that believe the Panthers are in the best shape of those three for Peyton where you've got the maneuverability with draft, draft capital that you can trade. Free agency should be active for them. Another high pick. And you've got to pair him with the quarterback that he wants. But roster-wise, youth, uh, the, the depth that they've put together, 
Um, it's not as bad as what people would perceive it to be, given how bad the organizations have been over the last two, three years. And for all we know, Sean Payton has his eyes on someone in the draft that could be the ninth overall pick. I mean, Sean Payton could be the biggest Will Levis guy that we know. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But I'm saying it doesn't mean that, oh, well, now they're going to trade up to number one or, or higher than, you know, or, or two, three, or four to get one of the top two, which is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Maybe there's someone he thinks is going to be there at nine or even someone they can trade down and get that he loves as a developmental quarterback in the future of the Panthers organization if he, if he gets that gig. I, I do think, though, that the possibility of Peyton and Bryce Young in Houston, that would fire me up if I'm a Texans fan. Coming up, we get back to the Tom Brady discussion. We'll hear from Brady what he had to say to the media and how he wrapped up the presser last night. We'll discuss what's next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cowboys advancing to the divisional round after last night's 31-14 victory in Tampa Bay over the Buccaneers. Outkick 360 rolls on. Coming up, we've got the headlines of the day. And we'll take a look at what's on tap for the second round of the postseason in the National Football League. But Tom Brady in the headlines right now, playing the final game of at least this year in Tampa. We think most likely final game as a Buccaneer. Is it the final game of his career? Here's Tom Brady last night after the loss. I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars, and um, just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. So that's how he wrapped it up last night. Uh, Brady at the presser. Sounds like a goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. From Th- thank you guys so much. In Tampa. Yeah. Brady he, out. He, See you. You can tell Appreciate he, you. he paused briefly when he was like, you know, hopefully, uh, and then he rephrased whatever he was about to say. Hopefully Which, some of you guys He didn't will, say, hopefully we get, it, we get something worked out. He said, just, you know, thanks for everything. Hopefully some of you guys will get a gig covering the team that I go to next. <laughs> And then we can work together again. Or you get to cover the NFL nationally and cover some of my games. But either way, it's been fun hanging out in Tampa with you. Good night, everyone. Why are there some that believe he would even consider going back to New England? The Patriots have been on these little lists. Someone says that? On the two lists I've seen, like possible candidates, the Patriots, there's no way he's going back to New England. I looked on uh, ESPN put together all their NFL insiders put their their advice to Tom Brady. Here's what I'd do if mm-hmm. I were Tom Brady. Here's what makes most sense. And the only teams listed on that list with like seven people contributing were the ones we've talked about. Bucks, Raiders, Jets, Dolphins, and I think Field Yates said 49ers. That if you just had your pick, 
of where could he go to for, that would make the not make the most sense for Brady, but be the best for Brady. Yeah, it would be the 49ers. But no one really believes that's happening because of what's happening with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, though, you've got to. I mean, it's crazy what is. You've got him on the rookie deal, seventh round rookie deal. He's making nothing. You could trade Lance. Well, in NFL terms, he's making nothing. Right. You could you could trade Lance and then Garoppolo. Um, you know, they they've come to the agreement prior to restructuring this year where they can't trade him and they will not they've uh promised that they will not franchise tag him. He's a free agent. So, you know, you could make room for him and still keep Purdy as your backup. But there's right now he should be the starter. Moving forward. Our YouTube chat's on fire today with people telling um, Brady to retire. Just, just well, retire. Well, I said yesterday he's going to retire. The other topic we're probably discussing is he, he says, uh, you know, we come in today and there are those that say, you know what, Brady needs to hang it up. Instead of, man, I'm glad Brady's in the postseason, which was yesterday's discussion, right? Um, and he, he's, he hasn't had a great season. It's been one of his worst. In many categories, his worst. But I still look at the uh, the forty six to be forty six year old quarterback, and when you compare him to other options, he's far better. And if you're actually making a list of quarterbacks that if you drop them into the teams we're discussing and say, can they go win a Super Bowl? The answer is yes with him. That's all I need to know. But there's about thirteen to fourteen of those dudes, and he's one of them. Well, I just look at it from the teams we're talking about. Is he better than the Bucks option next year, given their limited options? With uh, who's backing him up? Our guy that we knew here, Blaine Gabbert, mm-hmm. and Kyle Trask. Is he better? Than the- yes. Is he a better option for the Jets? Yes. Yep. Than Mike White, Joe Flacco. And by the way, you're giving him a defense and an offensive line and young weapons at wide receiver. Is he better than Derek Carr right now? Probably. But Derek Carr at his best, I think, at his age compared to Brady's, may be better. But still, of the available options, mm-hmm. knowing that Derek Carr is not an option, is he better than Jarrett Stidham? Yeah, for the Raiders. Yes. Is he better than Tua? I don't yes. think. I don't know if Tua is completely healthy. That's that's the why way he yes. was this year. But then the answer is yes because Brady still at forty five, going on forty six, remains more available physically to play the game. So yes, is the answer. So it's not just, man, I saw Brady look old at times this year. We saw him look old in 2019. It's not just that. It's is he better than our available options? Not every option. Right. Or is he Tom Brady of 12 years ago? The answer is no. But is he better than what's in front of me right now for my team? And for three or four teams that would make sense, the answer is yes. 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 Yes to Brady. Did you see enough from Dallas last night that leads you to believe they can win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. They have the they defense like in the that. run game. If they play like that, they're beating San Fran. Well, and all they, when you say they play, Prescott's got to protect the football. You know, going into last night, he was averaging an interception every 24 attempts. If he cuts down, if he cuts that in half, they can make a run. It could be a special season. But I still believe, Chad, they've got to go through the run game. They have to be a run-first offense. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I think last in their, night was, at their core, they don't want to be. Last night was the perfect formula. Now, let's also state that they played one of the worst teams in the playoffs in Tampa. Regardless they were hosting a game or not, that was one mm-hmm. of the worst teams to make the playoffs, if not the worst. So that's part of it, the way they dominated that game. But the way they played that game, 
mistake-free from Dak Prescott, running it, great defense that disguised things. Micah Parsons was good. He's been great the last two seasons. Yep. That's their formula to win this thing. Not just win against the 49ers, win the Super Bowl if they can replicate that performance moving forward. They're not going to blow out the 49ers, even playing like that. They can win in San Fran. They can win on the road against the 49ers if they play that game. Chad, um, Colin has sent us the L'Oreal skin smoothing formula. Oh, my. Streak free, which I know you're very, you know, that's you're adamant about that, streak free. Does L'Oreal create any your, men's your products? Self, your self-tanner. It will not rub off or stain clothes. So, I mean, I think you should load up on this sublime bronze Is this formula. unisex? That would be my one question. Is this I mean, clearly targeted cl- for women? Clearly not. No, it's not unisex. Uh, it's, you know, it's for a woman. Yeah, I would say self-tanner is for a woman, yes, unless you're a bodybuilder. Well, <laughs> uh, you can go into like the self-tanning, uh, the spray tan, and guys do that. This just sounds like something Again, that's uh, just for a woman, right? So does a spray tan. True. Does a tanning bed sound like it's just for a woman? <laughs> right? I don't know. I haven't heard of I mean, anyone going to the tanning bed. What's the difference? If it's a bed. spray tan or a tanning bed, uh, I mean, guys go to the tanning bed. I know guys who have gone to the tanning bed that aren't in competitive bodybuilding <laughs> that just I, go. I haven't heard of any. I haven't heard of women going to the tanning bed. I bet there's a lot of dudes on TV that tan regularly. I bet a lot of our favorite <laughs> sportscasters tan regularly. I think Al Michaels is at the Al Michaels bed. doesn't because he lives in L.A. <laughs> so he's out playing tennis and he's out by the pool. That's a natural tan that Al Michaels has. Do I think that Kevin Burkhart goes to the tanning bed? Yes. Yes, I do. Sue me. I think there are guys that are I, these anchor type guys that go to the tanning bed often. And I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying I that, that's probably what happens. I don't see the tanning bed. Maybe the spray tan. Does Aikman live in L.A. also? I don't know. You think Herb Street does? You think Herb Street tans? Yes. Herb Street either does that or the L'Oreal stuff. He either actually tans or does L'Oreal. There's, there's tanning. The, the poll is Chad Withrow pale or is it just the shirt? 54 and a half percent say practically dead. I'm going to be an extra in Last of Us on HBO because I love 33% say deceased. the shirt is not helping. Slightly pale. 12% of the precincts. Thank you all. Stay there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your faith. Jordan Schultz joins us next on Outkick 360.